When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. This is the first of a, a 2022 year talking uh, LA Galaxy. Um, I'm here to help me talk LA Galaxy. We got my man Alex Ruiz. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing good, Gio. How are you doing? Good, man. Just getting back, uh, you know, getting back into things. You know, came back from a you know quick vacation and stuff. You know, took took a couple of days off, but. Yeah, you know, ready to get back into it. You know, preseason starts here in a couple of days uh, for the LA Galaxy. A lot of things, a lot of offseason signings these last couple of days, which is exciting for the team. Um, you know, preseason starts in five days. So, I mean, uh, we're going to start seeing some games. We're going to expect, I expect more more um, more names to be come up, you know, players to be signed. You know, Galaxy have a DP spot available. So, all that thing, man, it, it's getting exciting. Um, but yeah, man, what, what about you? What you been doing over these, uh, these holiday, the, the holiday break? Uh, yeah, just, you know, school and stuff and working for total LA galaxy, which is, you know, the account that I co-run and that's, you know, where you can find a lot of my content and stuff there. And just, uh, overall, just trying to keep up with the off season so far. It's going by really quickly, actually, really quickly than I expected. Yeah. It's, it's the short off season, which makes it uh interesting also it's a world cup year so this is just like a lot of different things um going on this season uh compared to other ones because we'd have a, like such a longer uh break but you know that's how things um shout out to sgv agent he says what's up compas um but yeah i hope you guys enjoyed every uh the holidays and um i know i did i know it's, it's been a little bit short but i know things are things are starting to pick up um, especially with the Galaxy, right? Because we know, look, we know they missed the playoffs, right? So this is going to year two for Greg Vanny, going into great year two for a lot of the French players that are there, right? Going into year three for Chicharito, um, which, by the way, he's still doing the, uh, the Instagram workouts. He's doing, still doing all that stuff, uh, still posting, you know, uh, that he looks focused. And I know, if you, I know you've seen some of his um, Instagram videos and stuff like that. And I think he posted something today. He was doing like a little bit of target practice. Yeah, he um, posts like a real like TikTok about him, you know, training and stuff. So, you know, he's doing the usual good teammate stuff, right? Kind of like showing he's working out, welcoming the new signings the Galaxy had this past week and stuff, which none of the other players have done, which isn't a bad thing. I'm just saying, you know, Chirito, uh just kind of how he is, you know, welcoming the new guys for the Galaxy and stuff like that. So good to see he's locked in already when we haven't even started preseason yet. Yeah, he's he's definitely leading the way. He's still carrying that momentum uh forward to 20 2022 season which i feel like this is a big season for for the galaxy right obviously first year under greg vanny they made noise you know in the first couple like the, let's say the first half of the of the season obviously things didn't go as planned um but what do you what do you want to see from 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 this off season you know the start of preseason because like we like i mentioned 
uh, DP spots available, a couple, a couple different things signing, you know, we, we just, uh, there's two signings that, that we'll talk about, but what do, what do you want to see in this off season uh, going into the preseason as well? Well, the one thing that definitely stands out is that Greg Vanny moved around his midfield a lot. Two big pieces are gone from that midfield that was there in 2021. So I'm assuming Vanny just wasn't, I guess, uh, okay, or just didn't feel comfortable with that midfield. Uh, the only one that's really returning is uh, Ryan Ravellison, who was signed last season, midseason. So Vanny here kind of has the flexibility to do what he wants, get the kind of players he wants, because he inherited Dos Santos and Leggett, and now he can fully transition into the midfield that he wants. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to because that's the only section of the pitch that's really been moved around a lot this offseason has been the midfield. Not so much the defenders, not so much the attackers, but that midfield um, has been moved a lot uh, compared to last offseason. And I think Vanny is still trying to find his players that will fit his mold of a midfield. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, those two players uh, you're talking about, uh, Sebastian Leggett, obviously, and then uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, who is who was a DP. And I think for that, right, um, I know there's been names thrown around, certain things around there, you know, pa- uh, Carlo, uh, Christian Pavone, you know, his name's been thrown around there. Also, Chris Azul, I think, is a team that's also interested in, but we, we, we never know. Um, but, yeah, you definitely want to get a, a solid DP. I would say a DP somewhere in the midfield um, right there to address, to address the midfield in the situation. You know, two 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 big names left, right? We, we assumed uh, – uh, we we assumed Jonathan Dos Santos was going to leave, right? Because we know he he didn't have that that good of a season to to pay him that much amount of money. Um, Sebastian Leggett, you know, it was a, it was a surprise, but then when you look at when you look at it, you know, and then you, you hear Sebastian Leggett talk about you know getting an opportunity where he wanted to play. Obviously, he's going to fit well for him in New England. So yeah, I think I think when you when you look at, at what's happened, what's going to happen here, you know, the the season starts February twenty six, you know. Five days, you know, the galaxies are supposed to report, and then on top of that, Joel Naranjo is gonna, you know, uh, I'm assuming he's gonna is gonna be in the World Cup qualifiers for Mexico, so he's gonna miss about, well, let's say maybe a week, maybe five days. I don't know a week because they, I think Mexico plays uh, Costa Rica, and I think they play Panama. Assuming Joel Naranjo gets gets get the call gets the call up, so he may be missing some time, and then he's gonna have to come back, and then again the World Cup qualifier. So there's, there's I mean, if one player is gonna be missing a lot. Is potentially he's gonna be, uh, you know, Joel Naranjo moving around a lot of those pieces. So that's why I, I think you see that you know that signing, you know, the offseason signings of Raheem Edwards and Calvin Leardem, Leardem. I'm gonna butcher his name. Um, so you see those off-season off signings uh, to add the depth. Let's start off with, with Kelvin. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on him? Because I know Greg Vanny he, he talked about you know uh, uh, being being uh, he brings something different. I think uh, along the lines that he said uh, where he plays on the right back position. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely like it, especially considering that the, he's going to be a backup because Julian Araujo is definitely going to be the starter. You know, thirty-one years of age, play right back, right wing back. A good experience. He's won MLS Cup in uh, 2019, if I'm correct. And he has that experience when it comes to getting results for winning teams like the Seattle Sounders. And I think that defensively, um, he's a little bit better than Julian Araujo, but that's because uh, Kevin Lerdan doesn't jump as forward as much as Julian Araujo does. Last year, you'd see him in the final third of the pitch a lot of times crossing it in, which is a good thing because that's Julian Araujo's strong suit. But with Kevin Lerdan, I think he'll be a great player to add if the Galaxy say they want to go extra defensive 
or uh, need to have another player to cover Julian Rajo in case Greg Vanning wants to move him forward. Kind of like we saw in the first, uh, excuse me, in the second game between LAFC, right? When the Galaxy were trailing, Greg Vanden decides to move Julian Rajo as basically a right midfielder, as a right winger in order to get him forward. So if the Galaxy are in situations like that, they can plug in Kelvin Leerdam to play as right back and still have Julian Rajo uh, going forward down the flanks. Yeah. You know, you, you, you make, you make a great point. And also I think that also depends on, you know, how they play in the formation and you want to mention Greg Vanny. Also, if you want to be aggressive and you want to push um, Jonah Rajo, you're down or anything like that. But I also think, you know, Greg Vanny also talked about, you know, needing depth, you know, and I think he's definitely going to need that depth with, you know, Jonah Rajo, assuming he goes to the, the world cup qualifiers, he's not going <clears> to <throat> be able to be all the, uh, there in all those games. Um, you know, and expected with the World Cup, uh, with the World Cup in, tw- in 20 and this year, right? So I think a lot of those things, you know, he's, he's already thinking ahead and, you know, seeing what he what a, a veteran player uh, like Kevin can provide. You know, he's played with the Sounders, you know, he's won, he's won a championship in 2019. So he has that veteran experience. And I, and I think that's what you really want if if you're the LA Galaxy, if you're Greg Vanny, knowing that you have a player in Joe Naranjo that which we should also uh, this could potentially be Joe Naranjo's last year with the LA Galaxy assuming he has another solid season uh with the Galaxy assuming Mexico makes it to the World Cup assuming Joe Naranjo to me uh, I've seen enough from Joe Naranjo I've seen enough from the Mexican national team that he should be the starter right I know there's gonna be other players uh that have some say to that but you know to me he would be the starting right back so if we're gonna assume all these things that Joe Naranjo I think it's safe to say that this is potentially his last, you know, his last year with the Galaxy, the last six months with the Galaxy, even, you know. Um, but yeah, there's there's gonna be a lot of things. What, what are your thoughts on that on that aspect of Joe Naranjo if everything works works well for him this year? It's really interesting because this kid has some really good potential. And, you know, I was talking about it earlier with some other people saying that I think Julian Rajo gets sold in the summer, but I think it's going to be like similar to what Tejan Buchanan kind of had where he was sold to Club Rouge in the summer, but loaned back with the revolution till the end of the year because Julian Rajo, you know, like they use the phrase a G, right? Like he's definitely a G, like he wants to win a championship with the Galaxy. You can tell he's hungry for that. So I know if he gets to move to Europe this summer, it'll likely be until he finish out the season here in MLS. And then during the winter transfer window, he just moves over um, to play for whichever European club he'll end up playing for. So I think this really is the last year for Julian Araujo. Kevin Leardam can definitely provide the death piece in case, you know, something does happen to Julian Araujo or if they want to give him a break, you know, something like that. So uh, I like that Kevin Leardam and Julian Araujo are a good, you know, pieces to have at the right back spot. So I think the Galaxy nailed it when they got Kevin Leardam. Yeah, and I, I'm 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 expecting to see him play a lot, you know, and I, I'm also ex- expecting to see what Calvin can can potentially bring because he he could put you the, that future right back after the 2022 season, right? Depending how how everything uh, works out for him. Um, let's let's talk about the other signing. I think the other signing that definitely made uh, the biggest news was uh, Raheem Edwards. Um, you know, and he he made a he he made a bold statement that I know a lot of. A lot of Galaxy fans really enjoyed it. A lot of Galaxy uh, fans uh, really, um, I know they used it on social media. And I, I, got, the, I got the quote up here. Uh, I think it's it's very important to show the quote because I think that's what stood out. Um, uh, and this is what Raheem Everest, formerly LAFC player, as uh, what, three months ago, two months ago? I don't know. You, you know, he says in quotes, this is a massive club. This is the Mecca of L- MLS. 
uh, Raheem Edwards. Obviously, the the picture is right there. When you heard that and you saw that image, obviously, you know, perfect marketing by the Galaxy to just put it out there, mm-hmm. you know, on Twitter, Instagram, everything. And, you know, you know, and I should also add Raheem Edwards was like, you know, also talking with LAFC, but, you know, LAFC is going through, you know, coaching change, a bunch of different things. Uh, things are up in the air for, for, for LAFC. I don't think necessarily Raheem Edwards was probably in their plan. Um, what are your thoughts when, when this, he made this, uh, uh, you know, I would say amazing comment if you're an LA Galaxy fan um, and understanding what, what that means and how committed uh, he is to this team. Okay, so look, I'm going to say this. If you really put your biases aside for whatever team you support around MLS, you know he's 100% right. You know he's 100% right. The LA Galaxy is the mecca of MLS, and you can't really dispute that. Uh, people in Europe, right, who don't really are in, who aren't focused on MLS, don't know much about the league. They know about the Galaxy because of David Beckham, because of Zlatan Ibrahimovic. This is the mecca of Major League Soccer, and it's true. Uh, although the Galaxy haven't had success recently, they're still the biggest club in America. What I can think about or what I kind of compare to is the New York Knicks, right? Everybody says New York is the mecca of basketball, <laughs> specifically with the New <laughs> York Knicks. The Knicks, the, the Knicks have saying? not been good for a really long time until maybe the past year, but they're still considered the mecca of the NBA. So Raheem Edwards is not wrong with the statement at all. He, he really isn't. Put your biases aside and just really take a moment to ponder about how big the galaxy is, not only for MLS, but for its representation around the world. Look, man, when he when he made that, I knew a lot of LAFC fans uh, were going to get upset. I knew a lot of LAFC fans um, weren't going to be happy. But I, I think he just became, you know, pub, pub, public enemy number one, whether he intended to or not. I think, you know, when you hear him talk, it was just more of a genuine, you know, acknowledging the history of the other galaxy. But I think it's going to add a little bit of spice because I know some LAFC fans weren't uh, necessarily happy with, you know, the up and down season. When he was a hot, he was a hot player. When he's a cold, he was a cold player. But I think he's going to have a really good opportunity to develop under Greg Vanny. Um, before uh, I, 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 we get into it, I want to actually play uh, the video of um, what he says so people can actually see it and hear it. And then I'm going to play the video of Greg Vanny talking about him. Chose the LFC because the staff, those are the guys that I connected back with in 2015, 17. So those are the guys, those are guys where I got my footballing ideas from, how I see the game and whatnot. I think I have a, a really, really strong mentality and a, and a way how I play about and go about the game. So I think I can bring that to the team. This is a, this is a massive club. This is like the mecca of MLS. So there's gonna be pressure, obviously, from fans and, and from whatnot. So that's, I can see that as a little obstacle, but that's an obstacle that I want to have. I know the, the fan base here is a, it's a winning fan base. So we need to get trophies in our cabinet again. And, and that's what I want to do. It's gonna be interesting, obviously, me coming from the enemy side, as you guys call it. Not gonna rub people uh, the right way, but it's, you know, it's, it's the profession. It's great to be a part of a club that has so much history, so rich in history. So my message to the fan is I'm gonna bring it every, every, every game I can. Whether whether I'm playing good or I'm not playing good, I'm gonna bring it. So be ready. He said he's gonna bring it any way he can. That's now that we saw the whole video and you listened to it uh, fresh out there. When you saw that video, what what went through your mind, Alex? It was honestly really interesting because, you know, he's coming from LAFC, right? Like that's the team he just recently played for not so long ago. So I knew the entire fan base was going to be really salty about it. And they should be because, you know, you don't want to hear next <laughs> player going to your biggest rivals and, you know, 
kind of talking down your club a little bit, which hey. is, you know, really funny and kind of hey. maybe something else to spice up uh, the rivalry as it's kind of heading into a new direction. Uh, now as LAFC have a new coach and, you know, that kind of past team has kind of, you know, gone a little bit. So I, I think it's something uh, good to spice up the rivalry. Uh, though you knew he was going to say that, he's, you know, going to say big things about the Galaxy. He's a new player. You know, this video is introducing him. So I'm not surprised uh, he's saying this stuff at all. But it's going to it's really spiced up all the LAFC fans. And honestly, I think it's really reignited the Galaxy fans uh, kind of passionate hate towards LAFC. So it, it's really fun to, to, you know, watch the fans kind of go at it about it. So I can't wait to see, you know, the LA Derbies this year. And hopefully Raheem does play because there'll be an element of, you know, he used to be one of us. Yeah. Yeah, I will say is it's a little unexpected, but I do like the spice. Whether he intentionally meant to, you know, you got to know it's good. It's going to bother people, right? But I, I don't think he, you know, hearing that he's he's just as genuine as you can be. But he also understands where he's coming from. Uh, you know, coming from straight from us, coming to this. But I like the spice. I like. You know, as, as, a, as a fan of the rivalry, as a fan that loves, you know, the banter of fans going back back and forth, obviously we, we have a show and everything like that. I like I like what Raheem Edwards is doing, and I really do think he can develop under Greg Vanny. And, and you know, he mentioned that he, he chose the staff because he has experience there in 2015 in, in Toronto. So I really want to see how he's able to develop with Vanny now that he's more of a mature player. He has more experience in the MLS. Um, no, and we've seen Vanny develop players, a lot of different players, you know, especially uh, Joe Naranjo. Um, and then I want to play what Vanny says on uh, Raheem, and here are his words. It's great, you know, first for to bring Raheem uh, to the Galaxy. He's obviously a player that I've known for a number of years, worked with him uh, in Toronto. Uh, we had success together. He was a young player at that time, but always uh, free-spirited, very good attacking player, uh, could create opportunities, create chances. I think as he's grown uh, over the years, he's become more well-rounded. He's worked on his defending. He's worked on his two-way play. Um, but he still has that unique attacking ability. So for us, we're looking at him as a, in the left-back position to support Jorge, who's there. But they do that role in very different ways. You have Jorge, who's a veteran, very savvy, sits in the position. And you have Raheem now, who can really attack and who can really provide extra numbers in the attack from that position and gives us a little bit of a different attacking element out of there. So we're excited. He's versatile. He can do other roles as well. So he just, he brings quality. He's a winner uh, and he's a competitive guy. Thoughts. Let's talk about that. I think one thing that stood out for me was uh, the left back position. He's going to help out Jorge Villafania because obviously watching Raheem play with LAFC, he played a little bit on the right back position. He he was playing mostly forward. He was a central utility guy. He was playing all over. He was playing the midfield. He at times he played forward. They were they were using Raheem wherever they could throw him in. You know, as a substitute. Hey, I think if they could probably throw him in a goalkeeper, they probably would have thrown him a goalkeeper last season because it was literally everywhere. But it's interesting for Greg Vanny from the start. I'm assuming he already had this conversation with Raheem before he even signed, where he wants to see Raheem. And that's on the left back position because uh, at times he did struggle with with LAFC on the defensive end, but at times he was very successful on the offensive end. So I really do see what he can bring to the table, but I also feel like if he's able to develop properly under Greg Vanny um, and, you know, be this defensive 
or the backup option or say something happens like, you know, like with Jorge Villafania last season, he had to go through some injuries. You know, Raheem could definitely step up. I think he may be the only thing that I saw from last season is being up being a little bit more cleaner on the defensive end. But what are, what are your thoughts on on him um, being the left back, the second option, I would assume, uh, on that left back position? I think it's a good idea. You've basically got kind of a similar player like Julian Araujo. Like Vanny mentioned it, he likes when Raheem gets forward. He has a special quality when he gets forward, kind of like Julian Araujo does when he gets forward as a right back. And I think Greg Vanny, you know, really wants to play his fullbacks up forward a lot higher, considering that, you know, you're, you're going to have Ryan Ravellison be your pivot midfielder who can come in as a third center back if needed, if the Galaxy are pushing up. So I think that it's a great signing. Uh, he made a distinction that Jorge Villafana, you know, is a different player, veteran, sticks to his position a lot more, isn't as adventurous going up down that left-hand side. So I think Raheem brings that extra adventurous kind of, you know, I'm not afraid to dribble past you because he has that ability. He's a good dribbler. Um, but overall, I think it's going to be a great signing. And I think Vanny's probably going to turn to Raheem Edwards when it comes to we need goals right now. A rem- kind of re- reminiscent of when uh, on the last game of the season last year uh, when Vanny was starting O'Neill Fisher at the left back spot. But since they were down a goal, he needed to put in Nico Hamelin and who's not with the team anymore because his loan expired. But basically he put in Nico because he needed that extra attacking spice support because they needed goals at that moment. And if that happens again, Raheem Edwards is the perfect player to put in there. I know his defense, you know, isn't his strong suit because that wasn't the position he originally played when he first came out of Toronto's academy. But I think he's really grown at it, especially the last year with LAFC. He really played as like a wing back, sort of just going up and down whichever side he was playing on. So I think his defense has definitely improved since Vanny's seen him. And I think Vanny will be like, okay, I think I, maybe I can start you this game here. And, you know, Vanny's confident in Edwards' abilities to both get forward and defend then I can really see him becoming the full-time starter. But that's if his defensive qualities do improve because that's really what's holding him back from being a starter. Uh, look, I would I would definitely agree with you. Um, you know, he there's definitely that familiar, familiarity between the, them, right, Greg Vanny and Edwards. And I think I'm with you. If, if Raheem is able to lock down on the defensive end, right, I think he also does – does, I would also wonder, like, does Raheem ever see himself as a left, left back or does he see himself – as a midfielder, I don't know if he this essentially, essentially you would see him as an attacker, um, but I see him definitely more as, as a winger uh, left back. But if he's able to hone in on being a defensive specialist, because he has the speed, man, he definitely has the speed. He has the offensive power. Uh, he has the off- offensive power to do a lot of things with that speed. So if, if he's able to hone in on that, I, I would agree with you. I would. I think later down the line, he could definitely fight for that starting role. Um, and being starting to roll for a left back position that, you know, uh, for the LA Galaxy has been kind of um, inconsistent. I think, you know, we had uh, you had Fania last year, then he went down and Nico looked good for like two games. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. I think he imploded. Uh, yeah, he Something I think happened. after the El Trafico, when he gave that penalty, everything went downhill from him. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, Raheem Edwards really has a great opportunity to potentially be the full time starter. Uh, and that left back position, um, you know, at least be be a second half sub or something, you know, to impact the game. He, he could definitely be one of those players that impact the game. And I, and I just want to see uh, if he's able to commit. He's he, I really feel like he's definitely going to have a lot of success uh, with the LA Galaxy. And I think this may be something that the LAFC fans may not be upset because, you know, he was a hot and cold player. But if he's able to develop. And in, in under Greg Vanny and the coaching staff, and, and be a solid defensive player, 
you know, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a lot more salty LAFC fans with all these players, and like we shouldn't have left uh, uh, Raheem, but I think this is a bit a good situation for Raheem. You know, he doesn't really need to leave LA. I know he likes LA. Um, gets to go to a solid coaching staff, so we'll have to see what what happens uh, in this preseason, which is gonna be a very exciting preseason, and then going t- into the actual regular season. Uh, Jonathan G on YouTube says, "Big shout out to Gio and Alex. Excellent Galaxy coverage. We appreciate you, Jonathan, uh, for uh, for tuning in and appreciate your comment. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very, I'm looking forward to this, man. Like I said, January fifteenth. Uh, you know, these guys report, and then the, the thing starts going on from there. Um, what are you most excited about? Uh, this the going into uh, starting January fifteenth. Obviously, we know we know some of the preseason schedule. Um, what are you excited about this, Alex?" Uh, I'm just excited to kind of see everybody kind of, you know, mesh together because remember this team last year was built midway, midway through the season, right? You had signings coming in on deadline day of the summer transfer window, Dejan Jovalic, and now they're going to have a full preseason to kind of, you know, mesh together, something they didn't really have the opportunity to do so last year in which they had to basically learn to play with each other every single game sort of because uh, players were coming in and out of the lineup due to injury and, you know, um, players coming in, uh, from other countries to play for the Galaxy. So I think it's nice to see that they're going to have some familiarity with each other. They're going to play preseason, you know, get to talk to one another, have some, you know, kind of like fellowship with each other and really get to enjoy, you know, being in each other's, you know, company, get to know each other because that's really important when it comes to building a team because you want a collective, not a bunch of individuals. And that's what the Galaxy are going to need if they want success in 2022. And I think if they can just get the second round and, you know, just really bond together, uh, I really think this team can really do something special because, the, you know, last year they went through a lot. You had uh, Sebastian Legette's sister pass away, Jonathan Dos Santos' uh, father passed away. And, you know, that was kind of something that brought the team together, even though those players weren't there, you know, playing the game or in the locker room. But it was something that brought the team together. So I think they, they're they going to have moments like that to kind of bond during this, you know, uh, preseason. You know, if the, the rumors are true about, you know, a tournament happening in the preseason, then that'll be a big opportunity for them to, you know, hang out and really get to know one another because that's what matters for this team right now, that they, you know, work together well. And it's not just one player, you know, kind of carrying the team like we saw last year with Chicharito scoring, you know, a bunch of goals and his limited amount of t- time that he was, you know, allowed to play because of the injury that was hindering him. So if this team can get it together, really, you know, bond with one another and make it seem like they are comfortable, have chemistry with each other, then I think this team can be really dangerous because that's the one thing that was holding this team back last season. Yeah, as a as a continuity of you know being really being able to understand each other. I mean, they look great in the first season, but we we definitely started seeing more and more of those holes uh, once the season went went on. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the, here the the schedule. So reporting uh, um, January 15th, there's a sc- close door scrimmage on January 9th versus Toronto FC. Pre-season matches at uh, Dignity House Sports Park with fans. Um, New England Revolution on February 5th. That's at 7.30. And versus DC United on February 19th um, at 3 p.m. So I'm very curious to know when the actual um, – because I know I, – I believe it was Stephen Goff that he he tweeted about um, the Galaxy playing preseason games in um, – where is it? And, and Palm Springs, you know, so I'm yeah. kind of war- curious when that's going to happen and between the, you know, when, when, how are they going to spend two weeks? You know, cause I, I know they've, they played the, what is it? The sun cup. I forget what tournament they play in Tucson, you know, they're, yeah, in Arizona, yeah. In Arizona. Yeah. So if that, if they switch that over to Palm Springs, I don't mind making the drive, whatever, what is it like an hour and a half, two hours, 
wherever, depending wherever you are in town, you know, making the drive out there, going out there for a weekend, a hot, uh, you know, somewhat hotter uh, as Palm Springs weekend, just go watch some soccer out there. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, I'm very interested in that. What are the teams? I'm assuming it's going to be all the East Coast teams, you know, because all the, the February is the worst time for the East Coast Midwest teams. And, you know, so yeah, I was doing- reading it was um, the teams that were kind of involved was D.C. United, the Red Bulls, Seattle Sounders, Colorado Rapids, uh, the Earthquakes. And if I'm correct, I think um, Orlando, those are the teams that were interested or kind of uh, brought up uh, in Stephen Goff's tweet when he was talking about that. So. That could change, but um, I definitely, you know, hear what you're saying about the Eastern Conference team kind of wanting to join, especially considering the weather, you know, is a little bit uh, more extreme at this time. Yeah, and I think also looking at the at the schedule, right, at the, at the different dates. When is that going to happen, right? Because you have if they're scheduled to play at Dignity Health Sports Park, fifth, um, and then they don't play the next game till February 9th. So I'm assuming after February fifth. Uh, that's when you do it, right? You know, because the next the next preseason game is, is February nineteenth, unless you switch those matches uh, to Palm Springs, uh, which I don't really see that because you want fans are going to want to go to the games. Um, they want to be closer. Sometimes, but it, look, I don't mind making the drive out there. Uh, it's one you know once a year. It'd be like once a year, and it's something new. I wouldn't want. Oh, I wouldn't mind making the drive. W- would you consider going? Are you considering going out there to Palm Springs? Maybe, maybe. I'll, uh, we'll have to see, you know, when the games are and stuff. But it's definitely an interesting prospect that I'd like to be part of. So, uh, yeah, and if, if it and does it's... go through, because nothing's official yet. It hasn't been confirmed by any teams. You know, the Galaxy haven't put out any statements about it lately or at all, to be, to be honest. So we'll have to see, you know, how this kind of thing formulates because it's entirely possible it never happens, which is kind of the worst case scenario. If you're a fan who kind of wants to go out, you know, get out of town a little bit for the weekend, you know, go to Palm Springs, watch the Galaxy play preseason. So, you know, well, it's I already right booked now. my hotel. No, I was playing. <laughs> no, right. I already booked it. No, no, I have it. I have it. I'm, I'm just teasing. But I think, uh, you know, it's a re- very reliable uh, source, you know, uh, yeah. Stephen Goff. You know, he's very reliable. I, I think um, I think it's just, uh, you know, they're trying to uh, cross their T's, dot their I's, you know, trying to figure out, see if it's if it's a one weekend thing or whatever. But, yeah, I think I like as the league is growing, I like that they're doing this. You know, I like that they have this. Um, you know, just to get the fans get get out there, you know, get away from the city, just, you know, a different perspective, get to see your team in the preseason, uh, you know, kind of like baseball, you know, baseball, spring training, you know, the Dodgers, obviously, they go out to Glendale and Arizona. So I really I really like this. Um, hopefully they, they, they do this moving forward and, you know, it gets better over throughout the years and stuff. So hopefully something like that in a, in a way fans can really connect with the players and stuff. So that's the thought process I have. It's, it's more of like that, like kind of like the spring training type of aspect. So hopefully it's something similar to that or even better. And I think, it, it, you know, Palm Springs is not that far. And I know there's a lot of a lot of LA Galaxy fans in, in the Inland Empire, so it's not even that far for them. Um, we do, and in Jose, Jose Gonzalez, he said, I used to, I used to like the Tucson one. Um, I never went to it, uh, but yeah, that was, that was quite the drive. Uh, we do have another question from Walter Campos. He says, what do you guys think about uh, Douglas Costa and Savanier? rumors uh i know you you had posted about uh the douglas costa um what what are your thoughts on that uh, on douglas costa being the galaxy very very interested uh in the 31 year old uh D- douglas costa yeah i have my notes here about both players so let's start with douglas costa here right uh left midfielder left winger uh 31 years old he's on loan um for, to gremio from juventus so the galaxy if they were to get a, a deal for douglas costa it would have to be 
money for Juventus because he's a, still a Juventus player. Um, he went to Gremio to try to c- help them fight the relegation battle, but unfortunately, he wasn't really much help. He played 26 games in the Brazilian first division, scored three goals with two assists. Not very productive. And, you know, he's been known as a player who has potential, has flashes. He's quick. He's agile with the ball. You know, great skills, you know, like most Brazilians do. Very talented uh, with the ball. Great 1v1 player. But he's had some of his character issues over the past few years. The one thing that really pushed uh, Douglas Costa away from Juventus was when he spit on on an opponent player. Um, I think there was a foul and then all of a sudden he just, you know, spat on the player, was suspended by the Italian league. And that's kind of what pushed Juventus to kind of want to get rid of him or move on from Douglas Costa. So that's something of a concern, uh, especially if you're the Galaxy, if you want to keep the stable locker room uh, that, you know, has been talked about by a lot of players. I remember I talked to Jonathan Bond and he said the locker room was great and that nobody had any egos. So if you kind of want to go with Douglas Costa, just know he's known to have some character issues. So that might, you know, do something with the locker room morale. Um, I think this player, if he does come to the Galaxy, I don't know what's going to happen to players like Cabral or Grancier because he plays in those positions that they do. So it'd be interesting to see what Vanny wants to do. If Douglas Costa were to come, he would be as a DP, so that DP spot would be gone. Um, It's a big risk for the Galaxy. He's 31 years of age, so he's not really a player for the next five years uh, per se. But let's move on to the other rumor. Um, well, look, well, let me say, I, I I don't like it at all because of that. Because I think you would have to use a DP and a, a DP, and you have to pay all this money. Um, and he's a he's a winger. He's on. A, he's not a number ten. I think right now what the Galaxy are missing would be someone that you know that center attacking mid playing that number ten role. And then you already got the wingers that you're committed to, right? You're Kevin Cabral. You're committed to him for five years. Right. So and Kevin Cabral still got to turn it, turn it around, you know, because he, he didn't finish strong. Obviously, Samuel Grant's on the other side. So I, I don't really I don't really like this. I, if, he, if he comes as a, as a DP player, if he comes as a I don't see it coming, coming as a Tam. But, yeah, I, I just don't really like it because I don't think um, I don't think he I don't think he can help the galaxy, um, especially with everything you tell me the way the galaxy need need to be helped right now. You know, and especially if he's going from. You know, uh, Juventus to to back to the Brazilian league, and he's having all these character issues. Um, when you're talking about a team that doesn't have any egos, and you know the the rocky you know relationship he's had with teams and, and with his teammates and stuff like that. Um, yeah, look, it's great that he's holding that. I think that I would assume that's the World Club, uh, the Club World Cup trophy. But you know, I think you need someone a little, a little, a little less controversial and stuff so for that reason i don't really like it but but we'll see what happens um and yeah and now uh, one more thing to add about douglas costa too like he's played 26 games hasn't scored hasn't really been a goal threat three goals in 26 games kevin cabral scored more goals last season for the galaxy than douglas costa did in brazil so either way you're kind of getting a cabral 2.0 which isn't really what the galaxy needs and like you mentioned they need a number 10 and the next player teji Savanier. French player for Montpellier, 30 years old, attacking midfielder, currently has five goals and six assists in 16 games in Ligue 1. He's currently uh, being nominated for player of the month in France. He's an excellent player, has great vision. Um, he's really the missing piece that the Galaxy really need. Right now, he's playing, he's putting up better numbers than Leo Messi uh, in France. If you oh, look at the stats. Don't compare it now to no, Messi. I'm not, I'm, now no, I'm just saying he's putting up better numbers, not saying he's better. There's a difference. Uh, but right now, he's putting up better numbers. He's helping Montpellier uh, really fight for, you know, to stay up in Ligue 1. 
And he's been an amazing player since he's been in uh, Montpellier for the last couple of years. Excellent set-piece taker, which if the Galaxy won't re-sign Victor Vasquez, which looks really unlikely now, he's going to be the set-piece guy that the Galaxy are going to rely on if they do get Sabanier. Excellent long-shot taker, which is something the Galaxy kind of need because they don't really have a threat when it comes to somebody who can shoot outside of the box. We know Chicharito is an excellent player inside the box, but he's never scored a goal from outside the box. If you need a long shot, or somebody who you know can do that consistently. Salvanier is a great player who can do that. He really reminds me of uh, Sebastian Javinko when he was in the league. He would take shots uh, from outside the box, and most they wouldn't be goals most of the time, but at least they test the keeper. And I think that's a player the Galaxy needs somebody who can test the keeper from outside the box if it's clogged in, because we know teams are going to be focused on Chicharito. So I think that uh, Salvanier will be an excellent signing. Uh, really for the Galaxy, and he's really the missing piece. He's a 10 attacking midfielder, right what the team needs. He's shown to be consistent in League 1, so, you know, he's not unproven per se. So, you know, if the Galaxy were to get him, it would be an excellent signing and he would perform. The thing is, would Montpellier want to get rid of him? He's their most important player on their team. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, he's putting up great numbers there. He's been nominated for Player of the Month this past month of December. So I think that this signing would be a home run home run for the galaxy if they were to get him but it all depends on the negotiation how much they're going to pay on transfermarket.com his value is around uh 17 million so uh will they be able to pay 17 million we know aeg has the money but it's will they want to uh pour that into a player from france yeah look if i don't really see them paying 17 million they could have paid uh, somewhere you know close to that or near around the, those numbers for pavone and they did they, they did it you know i think pavone was you know if I remind, if I can remember, it was like 10, 12, I forgot how much million dollars. But look, outside of the numbers talking, talking about, this is a type of player, uh, you know, center attacking mid, everything yeah, that you mentioned, this is the type of player that the Galaxy are missing, right? And I haven't, I look, I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched any uh, of his games or anything like that. Uh, I'm pretty much going off of what, what you said. I, I know you've done your homework on this, and but like everything I'm hearing, this is the type of player that the Galaxy need. Um, you know, like you say, you can take shots out, out from there. You know, I'm even seeing in the comments, you know, Tony, Tony's saying seven years very good. I know he watches a lot. I know Tony watches a lot of soccer. So, um, yeah, this this is the type of player that the Galaxy need. And then this is the type of player that could essentially take take out the LA Galaxy from missing the playoffs, you know, to, you know, getting them into the playoff spot and making it a deep run. Because, look. There's a lot of teams, you know, and signs already signed with, with Toronto FC. You know, uh, you know, LA Toronto FC is making big noise trying to sign all these big name players. Um, you know, we we know Galaxy have that in their DNA. Um, they already got Chicharito. They gone Cabral. Cabral's obviously not necessarily a big name, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think now it's more about the roster construction and what you need as a team. And if it's Savanier, it's Savanier. But you need someone like him, whether it's a Savanier, a Pavone, or someone like that. That's who you need, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I would not be upset if they get the signing. I know, I do see here in, in, <laughs> in the chat, people are like another French signing. I think you know, I think like what, what now, this, this guy actually me. has some good pedigree. It's not like he's unproven playing in the second division. This exactly. guy is basically keeping Montpellier alive in Ligue 1. So he's a quality, quality player. Um, you know, we talked about if the guys were to acquire him. He's 30 years old, so he's not going to be as expensive. Pavone, I think you know, Boca were very, you know didn't want to sell him because you know he he's younger he's around 24 they didn't want to let go of him but I, I think Montpellier you know would want to get rid of him or like want to sell him but the question is I don't know if they would want to do it right now I could potentially see this happen as something in the summer 
I, I don't I have a feeling it's just like a feeling in me that I don't think the Galaxy are gonna you know fill up their DP slot during this winter transfer window you know it's just kind of something I'm feeling I think they'll they'll ride with Efrain Alvarez for the first half of the season but you know if that is the case and it doesn't work out this player here Taji Savanier is a, a quality player and you know I think he'll be a home run as I mentioned before he's got everything the Galaxy needs and everything they need to really win a championship and really solidify themselves as like real contenders because last year they they weren't contenders at all with this player here they can be contenders uh, look great uh, a great point uh, logan jones has a, brings up a great point he says is he injury prone because we've been signing a lot of french players and they get injured a lot look from Anything the research i've done uh he seems to be playing like at least 35 games a year i don't know uh how much um games are in the league on season but 35 that's like that's a lot of more games. yeah that's a lot of games it's like that's a lot of games over like 90% of their game. So it doesn't have injury problems from what I can see so far. You know, you never know if that could occur if he signs here. Um, but from the looks of it, he seems to be, you know, a player who doesn't have any injury problems. You know, he's really talented. Just the thing is that, you know, he he doesn't play for a big club in, in France. So, you know, um, he's not getting as much attention as other players who are playing at the top clubs in France. But he's definitely quality. This year he's proved it. He's had, um, as I mentioned before, five goals, six assists. Those are good numbers. Yeah, no, those 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 are definitely good numbers. I mean, if he's able to do it out there, uh, in, in the French league, we definitely know he, he can come out here and, and do that, right? It's just being in the consistency, and I think also having the other French players would be easier to transition. And we know how Greg Vanny and the coaching staff love the French players. Um, but yeah, I I, I like it. I, I I like this uh pot- potential interest. You know now. But you you also brought up another another point which which I was I was very uh, I was also thought about too because it's like you haven't heard the big rumors around the other galaxy well for whatever reason I don't know what what that is you know especially with this open DP spot but also I would not be surprised that if they don't if they don't also sign a DP until the summer right if they hold on to that DP now the flip side of that if they don't do that if they if they go with that plan and they the LA galaxy for whatever reason start slow or 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 tanking or you know or not having a a strong start to the season then you know questions are going to be asked like why didn't you sign someone you know during this uh, winter transfer window when you had an open tp spot for you know a number of weeks you know i think maybe a couple like a month maybe going into a couple months now that you know uh, jonathan dos santos is no longer with the team so there there is there is that um there, there is that risk, right? If you don't sign that that DP, um, is it really urgent? I, I, I don't know. You didn't really have uh Jonathan Dos Santos for you know for most of the games, and you 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 just got by. But like, I think if you really want to make a deep run, you would want to have these players. Uh, and and you know how we talked about the continuity. I think the best scenario would be trying to get that DP spot cleared up as soon as possible. So down the line, you guys, they already, they already have that chemistry and everything built together. Um, I think that's, that's the only thing, that's the only risk um, that I'm seeing if the galaxy don't go, don't go and use that DP spot. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Yeah. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, this is something that definitely needs time to be thought about. There's only three deeply DP spots for a reason, right? These are the most important players on the entire roster. These players need to produce and, if the Galaxy, you know, kind of want to rush into it, then they can go ahead. But I think they should take their time. Uh, this player, Sabanier, is really good. You know, he's going to be a quality DP if they get him or not. But, you know, you want to consider your options, look around a little bit more as well. 
um, kind of really see what happens with him or watch him more closely. Uh, maybe if you're the Galaxy and definitely if you're a Galaxy fan, you should definitely be tuning into multiplayer games. You know, if he comes this winter or comes in the summer, uh, you know, he's definitely going to be a player that's going to be talked about when it comes to who's going to be that third DP. But overall, I think that the Galaxy are going to be patient with this DP slot. So, um, I mean, they almost had Albert Rusnak for like five minutes on, you know, their, their, as their new DP. So that was pretty funny. But well, uh, they got it right a- here. Someone in the chat says we got blue ball with Albert Rusnak for like 25 minutes. I, yeah, I think I would was blame it- uh, Keith Costigan. You know, he's a play-by-play commentator for Fox Sports. You know, he posted, oh, I'm hearing Rusnak will be Twitter. with the Galaxy. And then if I'm correct, 30 minutes later, he's like, oops, you know, wrong about that. And then I think two, I think uh, yesterday, I think it was, he said Rusnak will be heading to the Sounders. So it's more on Keith Costigan. You know, doesn't really break much news. As he said, he's a play-by-play commentator. But that was pretty funny, to be honest, and really messed with everybody's feelings. Yeah, well, the thing is, too, especially anytime you talk about the Galaxy, um, you definitely want to be, right, uh, as well, you definitely want to be accurate, number one. But, yeah, I think it's just interesting because I think, you know, like, especially news like that, if you're not typically breaking news like that, then people really, I've found out that people get really upset. Look, I've been able to, like, um, you know, to get some information or anything, but I just want to share. I'm not, I've never been like, Oh, I can't wait to be a break. The, that's never, that's never, I, that's never interested to me. But like the funny, the reason why I share this is because, um, I think last season I, I got wind that, you know, Sebastian Jovinko was not coming to the galaxy. You know, I had everything confirmed and I tweeted it and stuff. And I was just like, Oh, this would be important to share. Let the people know. And people got so mad at me. I got like DMs. They're like, I hope you're wrong. He's my favorite player of all time. And I was like, damn, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to share the news. I'm not trying to break no one's heart, you know? So I know it's better, but if you're wrong, like how that, that play-by-play guy was, cause I saw it and I was like, wait, what? And then like, I, I saw the thread of people on that. And I was like, oh man, no, you're getting crucified for sure on that. <laughs> um, and Anthony uh, Tony says, "Will Pavone be going to Crystal Soul?" Um, I don't I know. Say that, this. I'll say that's this. The, that's I was the reading, rumors. I know. I was reading uh, Mexican newspapers and you know just stuff in Argentina about Pavone because you know kind of have to read about him because he's free the this summer. Like, this summer, right? Yes, is... he was in negotiations with Crystal Soul, but they've broken down since. So it looks like he will not be going to Crystal Soul at all. Options are that he'll still try to look for a move to Europe, whether it be Celta de Vigo or another team in Spain. Those are the names or teams that were brought up interested in Pavon aside from the LA Galaxy. So there's some competition for him. Cruz Azul, unfortunately, aren't going to be able to get Pavon as those uh, discussions have broke down. And, you know, a lot of reports to Dan have confirmed that as well. So, you know, it, it's true. He won't be going to Cruz Azul, but he's definitely a player to player to watch because I think he'll probably make the jump to Europe. I don't think he's going to come back to the Galaxy. I think the Galaxy don't really want to go back to Pavon. I think they're. They're gonna. They're not gonna try to play it safe this time, especially considering they already have players at the position Pavon plays. So there's no real urgent need for a winger. Yeah. No. I, well, I think he could also play the number ten, though. I. I don't know. I. I. I do like the the Pavone. I just feel like what how much the Galaxy are willing to pay and how much. Um, the, 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 right, you know, Boca, Boca Juniors is, is not an easy team to negotiate, right? They, oh, they, yeah. def, they definitely make it, they make it the most difficult, uh, as, as I've, we've seen, right? They make the negotiations very difficult, very back and forth and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that 
he he ends up going somewhere else or whatever because you know if, if if they want 15 million or something you know because i don't think the galaxy wanted to go over 10 million or something like that uh for pavone a, a season ago so i don't i don't see the galaxy uh you know they're interested you know i think the room the 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 interest has been confirmed but like i don't know i think at this point you know because you know i think uh what's what's his name dennis close had a really good relationship with him dennis close is no longer there um you know with the galaxy he, he's obviously moved on to brand so new coaching I, staff as well because uh, gps yep. basically had a whole basically brought most of the boca juniors uh coaching staff with them when he came to the galaxy so that's you know a big difference there and um, players too you know it's yeah, gonna be players personnel you know the guys you kind of made relationships with dos santos legit they're not there anymore so, you know you'd always see pavon legit and always together and stuff you know partying you know and stuff like that so you know they're gone so i think that's probably influencing his decision as well knowing that hey this team's completely different than the one that i played with two years ago yeah so yeah yeah, I, I look. I I like Pavone's game. I, I really like what I saw. You know, when when in, in his short time with the Galaxy, I uh, wish we could have saw more of him. But like, you know, I I don't really see that happening. But I think they need a player like like his uh, that has the same cap, cap, capabilities of what he does. Um, in the chat, Logan says Ruth Rusnak signing the Rusnak uh, quote unquote signing reminded me of when Sasha was supposed to come to us in 2014. Hey. This this sometimes happens, man. This sometimes happens. Yeah, I miss everybody who tries to report news. Trust me, everybody has their low moments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like hopefully, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen to, to any, you know, you and I. But yeah, look, I for me, like I said, I just try to share information. I'm I'm not I'm not trying to be the the breaking news guy. I'm not trying to be woes or anything like that. I'm just trying to put that put the information out there. Um. Let's get into another comment. Here we go. Uh, he says, I think the Galaxy should look into Ghana or Nigeria to find cheap local stars because those nations have good football. I, I would agree. That's not that's not a that's not a, a bad not take. a bad idea. But you also got to consider this, that, you know, the international spot in MLS roster is really, really valuable. And, you know, if the Galaxy are going to use an international spot, they're going to try to use it on a player who kind of has some pedigree, who's kind of, you know, known to produce at, at you know, good levels. So if you're going to go to, you know, places like Africa, you know, Ghana, you got to make sure that the players, you know, has some good experience, has played. And that's usually why a lot of players that, you know, are brought in from MLS, from Africa, you know, it takes a while for them to kind of, you know, get into into breaking into the starting 11, usually playing for a team second division side. Uh, so if, I, if we were to probably, you know, get players from Africa, um, you know, I'd mostly see them in Galaxy 2. And that would really be it. I don't really see them starting for the main team just because of how valuable that international spot is. And I think uh, G2 is a great way to evaluate players that you bring in, especially if, you know, you're bringing in prospects. That's a great way to evaluate those players. Yeah, I also think uh, so far with every coaching staff, right, with GBS, we, we, there was always a link of, uh, you know, Brazil, I mean, Argentinian players, players for South from South America, right? There was always those rumors and because it made sense. That's, you know, that's that's where his connections were. Obviously, with Greg Vanny, it's mostly the French players. And then every now and then, you know, you get someone like like Jovalich, right? It's mostly mostly European based players. Um, that's what you're getting from from this coaching staff, you know, so I think you we can kind of tell. But, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a. I don't. I don't think that's bad. I just don't think the 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 coaching. Um, I mean the the agents and the scouts, their scouts are are, are you know the, the the world is so big, right? There's football players all over the world, but I think we're right now where they're focusing all their talent is, you know, it's in Europe, uh, predominantly more in France. 
but yeah, I think I think that I don't think that's a bad idea. But I just think uh, the the Galaxy are set and focused on where where they can find their players. Um, right now, uh, let's go to know. Tony says he's what's the story with Cabral's brother? Will he become to the first team? I haven't okay, watched so, enough. I haven't watched enough of the of, of the the G two. But go ahead. Yeah. Alex. So uh, Kevin and Cabral's brother Remy Cabral was kind of brought in when uh, Kevin signed for the Galaxy. He signed a, a contract for G two, not really for the LA Galaxy main team. So he's a G two G two player and not a LA Galaxy main player, kind of or like a player who's a prospect uh, for the Galaxy, kind of like someone like Cam Dunbar, Adam Saldana, you know, players like that who both play for G two. And for the Galaxy main team, um, from the looks of it, it doesn't seem like he will, you know, get a contract to play for the Galaxy. But he is playing on G2. And from what I've seen so far, you know, at the end of their last season, he was playing down the stretch um, at times. And if you walk around Dignity Health Sports Park, you can run into Remy Cabral. I've seen him a couple of times around the stadium. I've seen him around. So, you know, um, great to see that, you know, he's supporting his brother and stuff like that. You know, Kevin was there when they had the season ticket holders. Uh, you know, they went to go watch G2 play against San Diego Loyal. That was the first game with, you know, people for a G2 match. Kevin was there watching Remy play. So that was interesting to see. But um, Remy Cabral is not a Galaxy player. He's primarily a G2 player. Um, he's not like his brother Kevin, who, you know, is a player primarily for the Galaxy. Yeah, I think you would like, we definitely would like to see him develop uh, anyway. People are Cabral Alpabone. <laughs> Look, look, I, 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 look. I think you could, have, you, I think you potentially have both of the players, uh, but I, I want to see Cabral develop because, uh, you know, he, he, he had a, a t- tough ending to the season. Uh, Carlos says, uh, bring back a couple Sal- Salvadorian like Mauricio Sinfuegos. Hey, I like that take. I, I definitely like that take. Yeah, I mean, uh, earlier in the, the off season, there were rumors that you know the Galaxy were going to get, or they were rumored to be interested uh, for a player, uh, Jario Enriquez. He is, I think, from El Salvador. You know, he played a couple of friendlies here when El Salvador was uh, playing. And, you know, he's a, he's a good, talented player. He's got some quality and stuff like that. But I wasn't 100% sure about the rumors because when doing research about when where that popped out, turns out it was a radio station, I think, that was, you know, mm-hmm. talking about that. Never, never really confirmed it or that there was actual real interest from the Galaxy. It seemed to really spring up, I guess, from Salvadorian media. But... Jario Enriquez is a quality player. I like him. I watched a couple of his uh, games against the U.S. in uh, World Cup qualifying. I thought he was really good. Um, if the Galaxy were to get him, I think he'd be a quality debt piece. They don't need somebody like Douglas Costa, you know, to kind of be expensive, not play as much, or be really inconsistent when you have these expectations for players like that. I think a player like Jario Enriquez, who plays as a, you know, left midfielder, um, I think that'd be a good signing for him. He wouldn't cost too much for the Galaxy as well. And he's an extra good depth piece, especially considering Raheem's going to play left back. And having uh, Enriquez be that left midfielder or left winger, I think that's a you know good signing, in my opinion, if the Galaxy were to pull that off. Yeah, and you, and you talk about uh, to LA. You know, we have so many Salvadorian. Um, obviously, we know uh, I was there for Central American Night and everything. Uh, I, I got a chance to interview Mauricio Sinfuego's kids and everything like that. So, yeah, I think it was just – like, if you get a solid player, you know, obviously – um, you know, uh, you're not, I don't know. It's like necessarily you, you, you can't always guarantee you're going to get a Mariso Sinfuegos, but you know, you start off, you start off small and then, you know, develop from there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little surprised the galaxy have not gone back to the well. Um, 
you know, to 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 continue that. Uh, all right, the development of players and stuff like that always changes throughout the years, throughout the de- decades. But I think it would make sense to get a player from like you know in the past, like they had a player like Pescadito, they had you know players from Guatemala, El Salvador, you know, um, you know, yeah, you've had players from Costa Rica and stuff like that. But I think definitely going back to the well, you know, maybe have one one or two of those two of those players that can connect really with with the fan base. I think definitely goes a, a long way. Um, Tony says, why can't we get players like Bor, uh, from Bore from Colombia? He plays for Frankfurt. I'm not too familiar uh, with the, who that is necessarily. Are, do you, Alex? Um, I've heard of him, but I'm not familiar with him. I, I know a couple of players from like, you know, yeah. Europe and stuff like that from teams from Europe, but I, I don't know, you know, how he's doing and stuff like that, but I know who he's talking about. Uh, he's a Colombian player, but I don't have the stats or haven't looked them yeah, up yeah. at all. So this is uh, Logan Jones says, "What about Diego Linus?" Okay, um, so the Diego Linus rumors. It's just a bunch of USMNT fans kind of making it up about Diego Linus <laughs> I was coming like, I don't back think here coming, because you know but, Diego Linus yeah. is such a polarizing figure in the U.S. Mexico rivalry, especially you know that you know what Matt Miazga did, you know, calling him short and yeah. stuff. So you know it's a big thing here, but you know on the topic of Diego Linus, you know. It could possibly happen. I don't know if it'd be to the Galaxy, but his career in Europe isn't going so well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back to the Americas, whether it be in Mexico or in MLS. So if that does happen, don't be too surprised because Diego Linus right now is having a really hard time at Betis. Uh, I got you. And uh, Tony says Rafael Bore. Okay, now I know who you're talking about, but I don't know. Uh, I haven't watched enough of this game, but I, I just looked him up. But. I'm with you, man. Any any type of those those type of players, Colombian, uh, anything like that, that I g- give you give you that because you know we we know Galaxy have known to having the you know the the, the European players and stuff, but you know that it would be nice to to have a couple a couple of those players. Maybe you get, maybe that DP spot can be um, you know uh, uh, at least you know I was I was I was hoping it would be Pavone, but I, like I said, what we spoke about earlier, I don't I don't know if that if, if that's gonna happen. But yeah, I think they definitely need, definitely need a player like that. Um, you know, for, for to connect, to be able to one connect with the fans a little bit more. Two, you know, they they can have someone behind them because you know, obviously Chicharito is a guy, but uh, it feels like Chicharito. This potentially, depending how things go, it could be Chicharito's last season. Last year, um, he has a like, player option. Yeah, player it's, option it's, at the end of the year. Yeah, so it's like if he does well. Um, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, Chicharito. You know what? What would you like to see for Chicharito this season? Right? I know we're way ahead. We're way ahead. But what would you like to see Chicharito at the end of the season? You know, obviously, individually, we know he that he's committed to the team. Obviously, yeah. But if individually, what would you want to see from Chicharito at the end of the season? Be like, all right, you know what? Let, let's sign. Let let's sign. Let's do the player extension for one more year. Look, it's always going to be risky when it comes to Chicharito, especially considering his age. He's going to be 33, 34 by the time the season ends. So, you know, you're going to have to consider that as a factor. But I think this year is going to be the year where you try to get the most out of him because you know he's not the future. He's for now. He's not a piece that you're going to be thinking about. Hey, maybe, you know, we can create a dynasty with this guy because he's not going to be that guy. And, you know, to be, to be frank, you know, I think Chicharito has really, really improved himself as a person and a player this last couple of years. Um, the only thing that's really holding him back is injuries, and that's really about it. And usually when you deal with injuries as an aging player, it just gets worse from there on. You know, uh, an example I can bring up, you know, Victor Vasquez, he's dealt with his injury problems, you know, in Toronto, and that really caused him to kind of leave MLS for a bit. And then, you know, he eventually came back this year. He still, he still dealt with injury problems uh, actually this year, 
you know, come, I remember seeing him coming off games, just looked to be touching his hamstring too much, worried about it. You know, he wouldn't play extensive minutes. Chicharito's not a 90-minute guy anymore. So that's something you also have to consider if you're going to sign him for another year as a DP. He's probably going to play maybe like 80 minutes at most, and that's about it, because he can't go the full 90. You know, he, he gets tired. You know, it's not his fault. It's just, you know, father time catching up to him. But at the end of the day, I think the Galaxy are just going to try to make him as productive as possible. We know he could have won the Golden Boot last year if he wasn't injured. You know, that record was still in reach for him. I think by the time the season ended, I think he was maybe, you know, two goals away from Tati Castellanos' uh, you know, Golden uh, Boot uh, tally. But I think Chirito this year is going to try to get as much as he can because I think in himself, he knows that this is probably his last shot with the Galaxy because I think he he's settled to probably retire with Chivas, you know, knowing he came up from there and, you know, his family has a history with Chivas. So, you know, I think he's going to retire with Chivas and he's going to have this kind of last ride with the Galaxy this season. I can really potentially say that. Something that I see really likely coming is this is Chicharito's last year because, you know, 2023, I think it's going to be a completely different story. And I think they're going to have another change or have Dehan Jovalich be the future of the striker position because he hasn't had much, much usage under Vanny in, you know, 2021. So that's yeah. something too. I, for, for me, I, I just, I, in order for Chicharito to get signed again, I, I would have to, yeah, definitely get that that golden boot. Like individually, uh, we know what he brings to the team. Definitely get that golden boot. Definitely get them to the playoffs and may definitely make a deep run. To, you know, because I've seen you've been there. I mean, you've been at every single game. But when Chicharito scores and he has a team on his back, the fan base is 100% behind him. And obviously he's a polarizing figure. But, like, if he's able to have that and stay healthy throughout the whole year, then I think he, he earns another year with the Galaxy. Uh, but if if not, if he's not able to stay healthy, I, I think it, it gets difficult. Yeah, that's um, the only thing. It depends on his health, really, and that's yeah. really the only issue with him. Yeah. Um, let, I want to get to a couple of these. I do want to give a shout-out, I know, people, uh, to the Galaxy. They gave me the mic. I tried to use the mic, but it wasn't – I was getting some trouble setting it up, so I didn't want to risk it. So I want my own mic, but I will try to uh, uh, test it out. Uh, the next next time around, the next go around. But I want to thank the LA Galaxy and J Lab for sending me uh, a microphone. I know there's a comment here that like they didn't send uh, Alex a microphone, <laughs> but I think you have hey, one Alex, of these, don't you? Those? Uh, yeah, you I have those like the. Yeah, different Yeah, yeah, it's but, about uh, the same thing. So I, I guess I have one, or I got one, you know, way before. Got yeah. it way before. It was cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I I, I I I just want to thank the Galaxy for for uh, for sending that. Um, let's answer, let's answer a couple more questions. Just said, uh, Logan says, he says, should we wait another year? Should we wait for a year, then wait after the World Cup and then have two DP spots open? Are, are you saying with like Chicharito being potential? I don't think you will have a, I think. I think what Ch- he's trying to say is maybe because he's saying two DP spots, you know, they're not going to move on from Cabral. He signed for a five-year yeah. contract. I think he's, or for what I'm assuming he's saying is, you know, stick with the open DP slot the whole year, and then you know next season when Chicharito is not back with the Galaxy. I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I see that uh, the two DP spots. Tony says, "What are your thoughts on Galaxy and LAFC performances next season? Who do you guys think will most likely make the playoffs next season?" I'll, let, I'll answer this one first. I think that the Galaxy are set up. Uh, they, they have more of a better foundation than the LAFC because one. Bob Bradley's not there. Uh, the head coaching, you know, new head coach, uh, Eduardo Twesta's gone. He went to Palmares. Um, 
there's 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 a, they, I know they don't want to call it a rebuild with LAFC, but it's certain it's starting to feel that way, you know. But I, I feel like I have more expectations of the Galaxy because this is year two. Like I mentioned earlier at the start of the podcast, this is year this is year two with Greg Vanny. This is going year three with, with Chicharito. Um, you know, and, and you're, you're Joan Arajo potentially last season with the team as well. So I feel like there's a lot more expectations for the, that I have for the Galaxy because they're more, um, they more have they're more grounded. They have more of the foundations, and, and they don't they're not necessarily getting all these. They're they're not going through. Uh, last year was Greg Vanny's first year. This is his second year. So you know he he had his, he has his feet wet. He knows what he's doing with the team. You know they're gonna they're gonna know. Um, expectations. I mean. I feel like there shouldn't be an expectation. It shouldn't. I feel like the expectations are already be making the playoffs, but you know, you know, that, that kind of is kind of hard for both teams to make the playoffs after last season. You know, I'd be like, I feel like an expectation for these two teams, anytime any team of play, it should be like at least make it past the first round or something like that, you know? Um, but yeah, they got to make the, they got to, for me, they got, they got to make the playoffs, but I, I have more expectations than the, for the, for the galaxy than I, than I do LAFC. Alex. Yeah. I think the galaxy definitely have way higher expectations. The LAFC considering that, you know, the galaxy are way more stable than LAFC are at the moment. You know, LAFC are having a new coach come in for the first time ever in their history. Players, you know, that were there during their 2019 run are kind of leaving, as you mentioned, you know, Atuesta, you know, I think, uh, who's their center back that got hurt last year? Uh, Eddie Segura, uh, I think. Eddie Segura, yeah, you know, yeah. he's coming back. So players like that, you know, you don't know if they're going to be the same again. Steven Trunel is going to come in. You don't really know much about him considering, you know, he didn't really have a good record with the Las Vegas Lights last year. But then again, you know, that was a development team. So he, there was really no expectation to really win with that team. So you don't really know what you're getting with him. So it's really all up in the air for LAFC. But for the Galaxy you know that, you know, they were a playoff team until the last second of, you know, last season. You know that they have the quality to make it there. And I think the expectation really is to kind of make a deep run because they have the players that can perform like Chicharito. They have an open DP slot. And, you know, we were talking about Teji Savanier. You know, he could come and really be an impact player. You know, Kevin Cabral, they have his this DP coming back. Already his feet are wet in the league. So it's going to be up to him to perform. So the guys definitely have a lot more expectations. Uh, than LAFC at the moment, considering the Galaxy are a more stable club when it comes to, you know, managing team rosters and coaching and all that kind of stuff. So I think the Galaxy really need to step up their game this year. And it would kind of be a disappointment if, you know, uh, the Galaxy just were to struggle in in making the playoffs or struggle in, you know, trying to beat LAFC when it comes to the Western Conference standings. Yeah. Uh, let's answer this uh, final question here. So Wal- Walter Campo says, what are your thoughts on Adam Saldana? I think he should have a bigger role with the Galaxy, especially with Vasquez out. He's young and hungry. Um, I-, I-, I like Adam Saldana because he-, he was a he was a young player last season. Um, I think so part of the re- part of his because uh, he had his struggles. I think the struggles from what I recall were more on the defensive end at times, giving the ball and um in the wrong places in the center of the field uh so defensively i think hopefully well, that's one of the things he's able he was able to work on this uh, short off season and develop his skills but i think at times he he was able he would hurt the team sometimes with some of the passing and i think if he was quicker on the ball 
um, got the ball at his feet a lot quicker is going to help him. But I, he is definitely a, a, a LA Galaxy player of the future, right? He he got he's able to play this last season. I definitely see him developing really well uh, under Greg Vanny if he continues to push and if he continues um, to put in the work. Because look, the when you play for a team like the Galaxy and you have a coach like Greg Vanny, you're going to get these opportunities. But at the same time, um, you got to be able to capitalize on them because if not, they're gonna they're gonna go after the players. Like perfect example, like Jonah Rajo, right? He he was he 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 had um you know you could see something in Jonah Rajo, but you didn't know if he was gonna be the guy. And then you see every year I've seen Jonah Rajo develop. For me, I got to see Adam Saldana develop this season. He can't commit the same mistakes. He's got to be quick on the bar. He has to be able to be more of the playmaking, uh, be be more of that playmaker if he's playing in the center of the field, all right there. So if he's able to develop every single year, then I could see Adam Saldana down a path similar to Joe Naranjo, right? When he's he's developing everything like that, but he has to put in the work consistently. Alex, uh, yeah, I think you hit it on the mark. Um... You know, Adam Sadadio is something that I really like about him. He's really composed with the ball in the midfield. That's something that, you know, when he started off this year, because he was a starter at the beginning of the 2021 season for the Galaxy, uh, they didn't have Ryan Ravellis in there. And I think uh, they were still kind of missing uh, Legette for a bit and Jonathan Santos due to the Nations League. So Saldana got some good playing time at the beginning of the year. And the one thing I really enjoyed about him is his composure on the ball, his ability to kind of hold the ball up, move it forward. That's something I really liked. His ability to play progressive passes when needed to was something that I think, you know, something Galaxy really need when it comes to trying to play out of the back, which is they, which is what, you know, their play style is, playing out of the back from the keeper uh, and then getting the ball forward to attack. But like you mentioned, his his real weakness is defending and kind of giving the ball away in bad spots. He's not great marking players outside of the box. Um, sometimes his awareness defensively when it comes to building up isn't there when he's playing too deep. Um, he kind of just loses the ball so many times. And it cost the Galaxy a couple of goals, um, I, I can't remember, but I can't remember the games, but I know there have been instances where the ball's been taken away from him. He can't defend well. He can't mark uh, the man with the ball, and that leads to a goal. And I think that's the thing that Vanny really wanted to work on. And that's why Saldana got a lot of playing time with G2 at the end of the year, because yeah. I think Vanny was like, look, this kid is talented because, you know, he represented the U.S. at the Under-17 World Cup. Um, he's got great composure on the ball, like I said. It's just these little things he's got to fix, like defending yeah. and making he sure you're aware. Yeah, he, you just need to clean that up, and you'll be a solid player in the league. Yeah, no, I no, I agree. I I think he really had he can really have a path like similar to, to Joe Naranjo, um, for 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 the years to come because the 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 talent is there is just just clean those things up. But I think I think we're gonna end it right there, guys. Um, we we we've, we've gone over an hour. Uh, Tony says great podcast uh, today, gentlemen. Thank you. Um, you know, you know, thank 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 you, thank you Alex, for tuning in. Um. We'll, we'll definitely come back. I'm definitely going to have Alex uh, come back and stuff and talk about it. Because, look, the, the guys are reporting January 15th here in five days. Preseason's around the corner. Well, hopefully we can see some of you guys. I always love meeting up with people. Uh, it's always great to catch up with you, Alex. So, guys, that's going to wrap it up. If you guys didn't catch the full episode, I'm going to upload it on the podcast so you guys can also listen to it as well. So thank you to everybody that tuned in, for everybody that commented uh, on the live show. Uh, for Alex, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.